Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Tuesday, starting over at week one of the original Science of Getting Rich book. Chapter one. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I am good. Tuesday. One of my favorite days of the week. (laughs) <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. How are morning. you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. How's everybody's week been? Better than last week. Well, that's good. Yeah, my sisters came for my birthday party yesterday. Nice. How did it go? <laughs> it was fun. They're um, they're a an interesting bunch, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I had four four sisters here and two of them the um the reiki master and the clairvoyant sat and chatted about a mutual client they they have <laughs> and then the uh 
the the two nurses were we went for a walk around the grounds and uh, oh my god the oh my god the two of them i have these uh there are these huge plants on the grounds they're called century plants and they look like a they look kind of like an aloe vera but they're they have little prickers all over them these little pokey things and I, I don't know how often they do this, but they, they send up this huge flowering stalk every bit of, every once in a while. I don't, I, it's called a century plant. I don't think it happens every 100 years, but the stalk that they send up is like three inches around and probably 15 feet tall. And it, it blooms with all these little mini plants, and you can shake the stalk, and all these little plants fall off of it. They look like little air plants, but they're not air plants. Anyway, one sister said, "Oh, I want to cut that dead thing down." Okay, I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and Anyway, I mean, so she cut this thing down. Well, she knocked it over, cut it down, almost fell down the hill doing it. And then we had to drag it up the hill and cut this big pokey dead part off of it. And then we had to get it in her car. She's going to trim it all down, and she's a potter, so she's going to turn it into a mug rack for her shows. (laughs) That's just a taste of my day yesterday. funny it was I'm like okay you two don't hurt yourselves they're like Ellen where's your saw (laughs) never a dull moment with them (laughs) they're out there sawing and oh and the hawk uh dive bombed me again fucking thing what was the last thing the hawk dive bombed me again. Oh. Did I tell you guys about that? I don't think so. Well, this year there's an um unfriendly hawk. And in the past when I've heard them I would go out and I would go out and I would say, Hello, how are you? And they'd look, look at me and, you know, well, this year there's one who doesn't like to be talked to. And starting a couple weeks ago, I went out, I heard them and I went out and I was looking up at them. I said, hello, how are you? And she took off from her branch. She was up in a tree about one and a half times the height of a, like a telephone pole. She took off, and the the second she took off, I'm like, oh, I wonder where she's going. She headed straight for my face. Oh, no. Straight for my face. And I'm standing there going, that bird is not attacking me. They don't attack people. And that she got within 10 feet of me and swerved. Of course, I was screaming and flailing my arms going, that is so uncool. We're, that is so uncool. <laughs> Did you get it on video? 
No. That could go viral. I'm just saying. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I wish I had it on video. It was absolutely remarkable. And I couldn't believe it had happened, so I stayed out there. It, and she did it, like, a total of about six times in a row. And then she's done it to a greater or lesser degree about five more times. Yesterday she did it to me. And then, of course, everyone was on the other side of the house. So my sister Kathy goes, why were you just screaming? Like the fucking hook just dive on me again. You didn't see that? They were like, no, we didn't see it. So my sister Carol, who does Reiki and animal Reiki, she specializes in animal Reiki. She went outside. And, of course, the, she's like, I didn't see a bird. There's no bird out there. <laughs> Anyhow, that's, uh, that's what's been going on here. I'm trying to find a um, some kind of a positive meaning. You know, like I usually try and come up with a symbolic meaning for things that happen. And being dive bombed by a hawk—that's a challenge to come up with a positive meaning. <laughs> like, what is the message of this bird? So, I don't know if either of you have an idea what that might mean, and put a positive spin on some kind of symbolic meaning of that. I've decided to just say that she's got babies; she's protecting. She must. Or she just doesn't like you. Maybe she's on her period. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I, feel like dive, I feel like dive bombing random people who talk to me when I'm on my flow. Really? <laughs> sure. But it's probably, it's probably more like, you know, she has babies in her nest and turns into a crazy mama. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the symbolism is about hawks. Like, I don't know what the specific symbolism is around hawks. Yeah, I'll look it, I'll look it up. I went to look it up, and then I I decided to to, to um, Google the, um, the practical aspect of it instead. You know, like I typed in hawk attacking me, and apparently it's not that uncommon. I mean, it's it's relatively uncommon. It doesn't happen all the time, but it, um, there are um, you know several. <laughs> what? It says the hawk. Is often a messenger from angels, divas, and the divine. He signals a time in your life when you need to focus on what's ahead and prepare for a leadership role. Your global vision is a potent helpmate in this. Just as the hawk, you're ready to fly higher than ever before. <laughs> oh, God. Is it easy for you to send that to me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Okay, well, Hawk has my attention. 
That's so funny. That is so funny. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah, it's interesting timing, right? Jesus. Working on your book. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is interesting timing. How about you guys? What's up for you guys this week? I will say that I feel like things are really weird. I think that I think that things are improving. Um, I am how many days out from the first of the month, and I have to I have two clients coming in June. One of them paid a deposit. Both of them said they have it this next week, but I have to book the venue because the venue, you know, it's June in Portland. Like all the Airbnbs are going like hotcakes right now. There's only a few left that'll work, and I'm like, am I going to use my last <laughs> chunk of money in the bank to pay for this? You know, it's like it's like that, and I'm I'm like, huh, I. I don't know why, but I feel like I'm becoming numb to this. (laughs) It's just like, fuck, whatever. The bills always get paid, right? I don't know how many times I heard someone say this week some reflection on, you know, God giving us the manna, you know, the bread that we need, our daily bread and nothing more. And uh, because anything more, you know, in the, in the biblical terms, anything more would spoil if they tried to reserve it. Because the purpose of them being in the wilderness was to learn how to trust God. <laughs> oh, okay. Fine. Am I in a wilderness walk here? I'm just learning how to trust. All right. So it's like, it's been like that this week. I kind of feel like, eh. Got crazy, cool ideas for new programs and I don't know. It feels totally chaotic and also like the type of chaos that happens right before everything clicks into place. Mm. So I'm trying to lean into that feeling more than the you know, holy hell, how am I going to do any of this phase? Because that's pretty loud right now. But I want to, I want to, I was just thinking before I got on the call, one of the things that I want to do is write a blog series on waking up from the messenger matrix. And so I was starting to go through like all of the, I was starting to write down all of the bunk. And I'm, I'm totally happy if you guys have some. Uh, just all of the shit that we subscribe to by virtue of saying we want to be a messenger. Like, you know, in the messenger. Like, unconsciously, what is the matrix of the messenger world? 
you know, that six figures should be easy and seven figures means that you've achieved something. And, um, you know, this many people in your tribe, like you have to have this many people to be worthy of being part of a summit, (laughs) right? Like all of these things that are part of this world that people would get paralyzed by because, they feel like those are the rules. So I'm I'm laughing at myself because I'm wanting to do this, and I'm like, I don't know if I've achieved enough to be able to point this stuff out and be a good model. And I'm like, ah, fuck it. I can still point this out. I still believe that I don't have to subscribe to all of that in order to, you know, be to be living in abundance. Like that. Well, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, if you look, people with all that advice about followers, I mean, they're usually trying to sell something that's going to increase your followers, right? <laughs> and okay. if you look at, I mean, right, there's people like Wayne Dyer or Louise Hay who, um, they didn't grow their following that way. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's people who are trying to duplicate other success, who like they, uh, they deconstruct it and they mm-hmm. try to, figure out how to do it and I think you're right on just talking about messaging and how we make other people feel yeah that's what people remember about us right is how we made them feel yeah but see and that's the other thing too is that like some people (laughs) never mind I don't want to go down but you see what I'm saying. Like, I really want to um, unpack it and treat it like the the matrix, like, as if it's, because I really believe that it is. It's its own consciousness that we've created around this thing called messengering and that, you know, we have the people who epitomize the the um, epitomized success inside of that matrix. But if we really looked at them, you know, then the questions are like, do we actually want to do that? Like, do we want to be traveling 300 days a year? Do we want, like, is there a way to, you know, like, do we even want that much money? Do I want that many people working under me? Do I want that type of responsibility? Like, these are real questions. And half the time, people just want to fucking change the world with a message. They don't even know they have to start a business to do it. How many people in my my space have, like, gotten to the part of the book, and I'm like, okay, you have to create a company, you know, to, like, do the publishing. And they look at me like I'm insane. And I'm like, we've been talking about this for six months. (laughs) You, You wrote the book, and now you have to sell it. It's a business. And, you know, one of the things that I'm really, like, frustrated by is this 
you know, how easy it is for people to convince people that, like, oh, you can be an entrepreneur. Like, half the people I'm talking to, like, yes, come write the book because you need it therapeutically. But do not imagine that you're going to be a phenomenal business person on the other side. You don't have the, you don't have the like, personality traits or the, you know what I mean? Like, either you have a lot of money to pay people to do the parts that you're not good at because they're so underdeveloped. You know, or the super creative person has no <laughs> no linear order. Like, you know, great, go create programs, but you can't, like, create any sort of system to get people into it or through it, right? Like, there's a personality edge, um, a strength. Like, these are the qualities of entrepreneurs that make it. And it's not a shaming thing. It's just, like, get real. How else can you change the world with your message? Maybe you need to go volunteer over here or, you know? It's like it's like twisting it up because there's like it's like this belief that there's only this one way to do it. You you have to look like them. And it's like, "No. What if you could have meaning and make an impact and change the world like Renee in a fucking grocery store?" Like she's so much happier than she was trying to grow her business. She, because of her brain injury, she needed that structure around her. She couldn't be that in charge. But she's a damn good manager. She's great with people. She loves food. And she's changing people's lives at the check stand every day. Like, that's who she is. So, you know, that conversation. Because I feel like people are just ruining their lives, throwing money in programs that, you know, they don't really have the... They don't really have the capacity and they're not they're not actually learning from people who could help them develop their capacity in that. And then they spend so much money that they don't have the capital to pay other people to do the shit that they can't do. I don't want to rant. I'm just saying this is what I'm thinking. So if you guys have Messenger Matrix, you know, little ideas, go ahead and shoot them to me over text because I'll be working on that today. What, wait, what are you asking for? You know, like all of these beliefs that we subscribe to. Like what things have you woken up to? Like, oh, shit, I don't have to do that? Awesome. Oh, I could be successful if I tried this. You know, for me it was as simple as like, you know, I developed this 90-day plan that was so amazing with my coach, and then I went back and I listened to, I started to implement it, and it, it was it was cool. I mean, I, I developed it, you know. It wasn't anything that I didn't want to do. But the minute I got back from the coaching process, I started to hear all of my clients saying, well, we need help with the publishing. And so I changed, I changed the course, and I started to listen to what the clients needed, and that's, you know, that's how I doubled my revenue that year. Um and then, you know, my coaches were like, yeah, it was that 90-day plan. I was like, no, nah, I haven't done any of that shit. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? It's like this subscribing to this is the way you have to do it when in reality, what if you just, like, listened? You know, right now I'm being pushed at. I'm, I'm being inspired, coaxed, uh, slapped around on two programs that 
people want from me. And I'm like, okay, I just don't know how that's going to go. But, you know, that's where all my, that's where all my excitement is. So why not go with it? See what happens. So that's how I'm doing. It's a little chaotic and confused over here, but whatever. (laughs) It's really interesting because I get into, um, I have to really check myself because I get into these creative ideas and you bring up a really good point that, what am I trying to say here? Um, Am I, this is the question I have to ask myself. Am I on a creative tear? I'm not, and this isn't you. I know, I'm talking about me. This is totally me. Am I on a creative tear? Am I obsessing on something? Or, you know, is this something that's going to get me to my ultimate goal? And I I don't know. I mean, I guess I I know that, that, you know, we we say, you know, everything has gotten me to this place in my life, everything I've done, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That's how I feel about that conversation, too. Yada, yada. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. I mean, my whole business for life on that line of speaking. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Why, yeah, why can't it? Why can't it feel better? (laughs) But it's like, it's like finding the right place for it, you know? And so this is something that I don't know if I shared this last week, but one of my clients is working on his book and there was this part in there where he talked about, you know, he, his, he teaches leadership development to grad school students and um, he's at a medical school right now. And so um, he teaches them how to cultivate meaning, community and purpose like the other half of education, right? Not just knowledge and skills, but the deeper stuff. And and so um, he did all this work with them, and then he had one, one of the guys come back, and he's asking him, like, how's, you know, how's it going? How's life? How's work? And the guy looked at him and was like, you know, I chose the wrong specialty. Like, I know I'm supposed to be a doctor or surgeon, but I chose the, you know. And um, he's like, I really wish that I had done this. And, you know, Tony was like, whoa, this, that's hard to face, you know? And he, and he said, but what I realized was that I don't have to get my meaning from my work. I can just go to work and do the job. I'm good at it. I'm, you know, it pays the bills. It takes care of my family. And so I was looking for other places where I could be sparked on meaning. And so I decided to join this board of this nonprofit or this, you know, and it's like, when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, that is so brilliant. Why is that not everywhere? Because, you know, naturally, the, that part of our brain wants to simplify and, like, put us in a place where we get everything all at once in one place, right? Because, hello, we're human, and that's awesome if we could create that. But what if that's not what if that's not realistic and what if it's not realistic right now? You know, like uh, what if we could just like take all of the pressure off of these businesses that we put, like this business has to be the thing that 
gives me community and meaning and purpose and takes care of me financially and like that's a lot to ask my business to meet all of my needs like is that realistic and and I would say yes it's realistic but maybe not right now and so it's like taking that way of thinking and just exposing it like what if there's what if what if that's not? What if your business is just the thing that you're really good at and, you know, kind of passionate about, but you get to go, you know, um, volunteer once a month or whatever at a at a kid's training or something? You know, like, what is it that really lights you up? Why are we putting all this pressure on our business to be the thing that is our everything? It's it's it um I think it really confuses people and I think it really harms the rest of their lives because they get so focused on getting all of that from their business and their business experience. So what happens? Where did like what happens when they don't seek that outside? Where what happens when they don't seek community and meaning and joy in their family life anymore because they have this unconscious belief that their business is supposed to give them all of that or in their community or in there. So these are the weird twisted things I'm thinking about and wondering how to talk about them. Then also what do they mean for me, you know? Because I do, I have done that. I have put myself in a position where the business is everything. And I kind of wonder if part of this this ebb in my business is the wind being like, this is not healthy. (laughs) Go find some fucking friends outside of your business world. You know, go, um, you know what I mean? Like, it's a whole thing. And... I, you know, if it were, if it, it were, if it were like taking off and being, you know, then I, maybe I wouldn't be developing those other parts of my life or even thinking about it. Because I'd be so excited about what was going on in the business. And then when the next ebb came, you know, so... How about you, Cheryl? You're a few weeks out from something that's super exciting. Yeah, I am. Where am I? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, good, little, little, not going to lie, a little anxiety about it. Per usual. So, which is part of the course for me, you know, trying to do some new thing like this. I mean, I've done them before. It's just thing it's a bit it's just doing it a bit different. It's with different groups and you know, so the 
the responsibility for this seems higher. So I'm just wanting it to come off well. So I am mostly excited and a little bit anxious. So I'd say I'm right right par for the course. So right par for the course. And I went out on last Thursday and did, you know, site planning out at the track and when I was there they actually told me that they had a position available <clears throat> at the track to do marketing for the racetrack. And wow. they asked me if I'd, yeah, they asked me if I'd be interested in the position. So, um, I asked, you know, I told them, I said, well, I'm not, not interested, so tell me a little bit more about it. Um, at least give me some details so I know what it is that they're talking about. And um, I think they're primarily talking about having people go out and actually attend events and promote the track at different events. So, um, you know, which is, which is, Kind of cool. Um, and so I told them, you know, I'm working on this racing for warriors, and, you know, I, I really have to do planning, forward planning with the foundation to understand how much they really want to do and, you know, how much time it would consume. Um, but I'm also very interested in hearing what it is that they're looking for in the position. And so that, you know, the guy that, I was met with, I mean, I went out to lunch with him and another person there while I was there, and then he walked me out to the car, and he said, you know, he said, listen, I really, I would really love it if you had sent me a resume, and, I, you know, I would like for us to talk to you about this position, and so I told him about the Racing for Warriors thing, and I said, look, I just, you know, it's it's a passion project, so I don't, I don't want to completely walk away from it, and he said, you know, all I can say is, I think you should come in and we should talk about it because maybe they would want to do something like a 50-50 split where you could spend 50% of your time doing marketing for us and 50% of your time doing, you know, those programs. And so if we don't sit down and talk about it, we don't know. And um, he said, so if you can get me a resume. Um, so anyways, I sent it to him yesterday morning just so I could – because I definitely want to hear more about it and because I really hadn't heard about specific forward planning with the, um, you know, with the foundation. I really wasn't sure what they were interested in doing. And then I got a message from them yesterday asking me if I thought, you know, doing one event per month for the year would be too much to ask. <laughs> so, wow. Would it be undoable? And I said, well, it's not undoable. You know, but I mean, to try and to think I would be able to kick that off and just pick up from June and go right into July with an event would be tough unless Operation North State wanted to do it because they have access to the soldiers. And, you know, like that takes away a bunch of logistical issues I would have to manage. And then it would give me more time between May and August to get together another event. So, Otherwise, you know, I'd say it'd be hard to pull something off in July, but I could do potentially do two in August. So, and so, and she said, "Well, it's no pressure. I just want to know." And you know, so I told her, and I said, and it's, "To do that, it's you know, it's gonna, it would require some additional help. I'm gonna need to get a graphic designer on board because 
I can't be trying to do these flyers and stuff because it just takes her freaking ever and it's not my sweet spot and it's not the best use of my time and energy and it still looks subpar in my mind at the end of it. Um, and and then it's going to cost additional, you know, funds for marketing and travel because to think we're going to do one per month right here in North Carolina, I don't know. But, you know, there are other locations that, you know, I talked to somebody in Florida the other day and had a track and they have the track and they have some veterans there and there's a VA hospital right close to them. And they have a real, she said they have a real high concentration of veterans. And my cousin-in-law, I don't, step-cousin, I don't know, my stepmom's nephew, I guess, um, is there. And he said he'd really like to help. So if I would do something in Florida, he would help. Um, and so I would take him up on that and let him, you know, volunteer to be a part of it and see if he could help, you know, get some, you know, help get access with some veterans. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I feel like things were kind of stopped and then a couple of things kind of got plunked and neither one of them are necessarily like a done deal, but it was stuff I totally wasn't expecting it the way that it happened so um so a bit of an unexpected past five days and in the meantime i've still just been you know working on logistics and details and stuff for the program in june so and i pretty much have like i just got the t-shirt design yesterday um from the graphic artist with the logos from all the sponsors and um and I like it. It's patriotic. And I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be if I were designing something for me personally, it's not a design I would go with, just not for me. But for what we're doing it for, it's the right design. And so I like the fact that it's patriotic and also automotive and then it has a little bit of kitsch to it as well, So, which I like. Um, so it's not, it's not so dry. Um, <clears throat> so that and you know just trying to get all my little pieces together so I'm excited and right now I just have to start putting the cash on the barrel head for a bunch of things and I don't have the cash in my hand from the foundation yet so um, you know it just means me floating all of it and um, I've already been floating a lot with not working and having this arm thing so um, I'm just living in the space of believing in the truth and continuing to push forward and make all the commitments I need to make. So, and God's in charge of the rest. So, and believing in the truth regardless of appearances. And so, that's what's happening over here. So, I've got most of the logistical stuff handled. I'm still I'm waiting to hear back from the insurance company, but I have everything that they need. So. I just need them to tell me the financial number and and then, you know, have both of us sign the contract and have them send me the waivers. So, um, and I'm ready to go to the t-shirt place and get that done. Now that I've got this design, I can get the banners made. And so now it's all the stuff that is just basically ordering things and having other people produce. So. I want to get it all done now because most of the places, the t-shirts, I said two weeks, 
they need two weeks. So, um, I think we're at three weeks now. So, I want to get that over to them today so there's a little bit of fudge time in there. And most of the other stuff, they said I can have it inside of a week. So, so there you go. And it's been very emotional conversations with people about this. So I have been very um, taken off guard by the conversations and by what people are willing to do. Like the graphic artist that designed the T-shirt is a guy that's done a lot of car renderings for my dad, and he actually donated his time and the design. So wow. he's not, yeah, he's not protecting it at all. I can use it for this program in any way I see fit. And I can use it for banners, T-shirts, whatever I want. So he donated his time and the design both. So he's not asking to protect it in any way, So, uh, which is huge because he's, he's a high-dollar dude. So I was not expecting that at all. And, um, and my father had offered to pay for it, and, but Eric said, I just want to be able to can I want to be able to be a part of it in some way and this is the way that I can be a part of it. And so it was very sweet and then you know I called my friend one of my friends that owns a suspension company I have a few of them and he actually donated goodie bags with hats and koozies and stickers and everything in it for every single attendee plus the bag itself. Um and then a few other companies also donated items for like door prizes or to go in the goodie bags and so, you know, and the sports car club, they've donated, setting up the track and all that. So, I mean, it's, it's been, you know, but every person I talk to, there's a story behind it. So a friend that agreed to come drive, you know, I learned a bunch of stuff about him that I didn't know about his job and his military service and all that. And so, you know, same thing with my friend at the suspension company. And he said, hey, if you want to do this, so I get hit up all the time by corporate sponsors, and rather than them looking for me to send money, I'm getting hit up by people that actually want a program, and they want to know who they can turn to to do it for them. They want to be able to pay somebody to work with people in our market because they don't have a specific product or service to go market, but they want in on the game in some kind of way, and they want credibility in our market now. And so I'm... Um, hoping I invited him to come drive. I'm hoping he'll be able to make it because once he gets to participate in something that I'm doing, then I'm hoping that he will be willing to refer those people to me um, mm -hmm. when he gets hit up, you know, because he said, you know, it's big companies like, you know, Penske and these are, you know, big names that are like not just in our little industry, but like national, international brand kind of companies that are coming knocking at his door now. And because he owns a suspension company, he's going to have access to them in a way that I, they're not going to come knocking at my door necessarily unless they get introduced by somebody like that. So, um, so yeah, he said, I'm actually really excited to hear what you're doing and you're definitely onto something. So, um, so it's been, you know, it's been a good, good week of, of being able to, Ah, talk to people about something that's near and dear to my heart, and this the response is just way different than what I expected. <laughs> so I don't know what I thought I expected, but it's been very heartwarming. It's been very heartwarming. So 
And I, you know, I'm also becoming aware that I'm letting them be able to make a contribution, contribution, not I, the program that we're working on is allowing them to contribute to something that's near and dear to their heart. So, you know, at the end of the day, that that's, that's a big part of what it is, and it's still touching. So, so yeah. That's how my week has been. I've cried a lot. I've laughed a lot. I've been humbled a lot. It's been some kind of week. I don't oh. like to hear that. I don't like to hear that you're crying. Oh, I it, good crying. It's a good kind of crying. Oh, good. Good. You know, where you're getting humbled by some beautiful thing that's happening that's like so far outside of, you know, because it's it just, it's endearing and, you know, it's just absolutely not about me. You know what I mean? Like, that's the part that I love about it is that so cool. spirit planted a little seed in me. And then the only part that I did is hold on to that seed until I could get in a space where I could get clarity on it and get coached from my friend about how to get it started and then say yes when people have offered to show up and support it. And, you know, because it's really for the, it's really for the veterans. And as long as I can keep my eye on that, then the other things are easier is that I don't get it all tied up in it being something about me, which will shoot it in the foot. Mm. So I'm just trying to keep me and my ego out of it and, you know, ego in a, in a low self-worth way as well as, you know, any other kind of way. You know, I don't need to get my, my ego involved in, you know, thinking that, making it about me and saying, well, I don't deserve to have you know, a program that I'm interested in offering, be supported or helped or whatever, because I've done those things to myself in the past. I've, I've shot myself in the foot like that, not consciously, but I have. And so I'm trying to keep that in my conscious awareness to let the flow come in. And, you know, to let the flow come in so that it can be about the soldiers and my life will definitely be improved, to, you know, to get paid to do this stuff. And also that, at the, you know, the end play is about being of service. And I think that's the reason that things have fallen into place because it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's about everyone involved wanting to be of service to a population of people. And so everybody that's involved in it wants to be of service. And that's the right energy to be approaching it. So it's very sweet. It's really sweet. So... And, you know, which I think kind of leads into exactly what we're talking about with Chapter 1 about, you know, I mean, the right to be rich. I mean, holy cow. If ever there were a, a, a chapter about letting go of any misbeliefs I have about, you know, worth and God's plan for us as people, You know, this is the right chapter for it. You know, like no man can rise to his, like, 
halfway through the first paragraph, I guess, partway through the first paragraph. No man can rise to his greatest possible height and talent or soul development unless he has plenty of money for to unfold the soul and to develop talent. Must have many, he must have many things to use. And he cannot have these things unless he has money to buy them with. A man develops in mind, soul, and body by making use of things. And society is so organized that man must have money in order to become the possessor of things. Therefore, the basis of all advancement for man must be the science of getting rich. And then I love this section, which I think we've talked about this before, but the object of all life is development and everything that lives has an inalienable right to all the development it is capable of obtaining. I remember this hitting me in the past about that being wealthy is actually a right. You know, not in a like egoic way, but it's a spiritual right. I think that's pretty profound. I love this uh, idea that's come up this morning about being of service, sort of a a thread uh, that I heard in what both of you guys were sharing about. Yeah. And I love that you you stated it so clearly um, about keeping our ego out of it. And it amazes me, (coughs) excuse me, um, that that the ego, it it just sneaks in. And over time, it can just take over to the point where, I mean, I don't even realize it's there. So it's really good to be reminded of that. I'm doing this, and this is my program. I love being reminded of that. That that really hit home for me. Thank you. Both of you, thank you. Yeah. Well, that's what the, this book talks about, right, and other, you know, other things that we're involved in that, you know, okay. It can't just be for ourselves, you know, it's got to be for the highest good of all. And I think that's what I've been seeing the past, you know, month or so is, you know, that people are volunteering or contributing or donating or whatever way that's happening because the spirit of it is the highest good for all and wanting to give something back. So. Yeah, and then this next section, the purpose of nature is the advancement and and unfoldment of life. 
and every man should have all that can contribute to the power, elegance, beauty, and richness of life. To be content with less is sinful. I don't know about the sinful word, but I think to be content with less is underdeveloped. Is how I'll. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's what yeah. that's what sinful actually means. It means missing the mark. Yeah. Yeah. And by that definition, I totally accept that sentence. Like a couple more paragraphs. Uh, Success is life becoming what you want. Success in life is becoming what you want to be. You can become what you want to be only by making use of things, And you can have the free use of things only as you become rich enough to buy them. To understand the science of getting rich is therefore the most essential of all knowledge. There is nothing wrong in wanting to get rich. The desire for riches is really the desire for a richer, fuller, and more abundant life. And that desire is praiseworthy. And then it talks about the three motives that we live for, the body, the mind, and the soul, which is just always good to be reminded of. Go ahead. Nope, sorry, go ahead, Ellen. Well, I was going to uh, say there was a part that I, I had a question about, but then I, I can't I can't find it. I'll, I don't need to pull it up. I'm not sure where it is. Huh. Huh. <laughs> Not finding it right away. <laughs> okay. So then I just oh, went I, on to... I, I know. Yeah, but no, you go ahead and when you're done, because I, I think it's ahead of where you're at. Okay, well, because I'm skipping ahead now, too. Okay. Because, you know, it it goes through, you know not living for the mind or the body or the soul at the expense of the other and that all of them are equal. Mm-hmm. And I always love the part. And I think the reason I love this part is because I, with um, when it talks about, I mean, I cannot live fully in mind without books and time to study them, you know, and travel and observation or without intellectual companionship. And I've, I've done that before. My second husband, we were not equally yoked intellectually. So 
I found myself very unsatisfied in that circumstance. And so it was a very big life lesson for me. And it was one of the things that I ended up appreciating about my children's father is, you know, I mean, he's left in his disease now, but he's he's still bright and it's he's had atrophy now. Um, and so I always kind of used to look up to him thinking that he was far, far more plugged in and a lot brighter than I am. And at this point, you know, he's kind of lost in there, but I appreciated the intellectual companionship that he and I had. So, and then right down from that, to live fully in soul, man must have love, and love is desi- de- and love is denied expression by poverty. I don't know. This one hit me differently. Let's go around. So, this whole section on love and the way that we can express love was, I don't know, hit hit me on a deeper level. Love finds its most natural and spontaneous expression in giving. The man who has nothing to give cannot fill his place as a husband or a father or as a citizen. It's pretty profound. Have I gotten to your part yet? Um, Either way, I yeah, can throw it yeah. out. It's, um, it's in the last two paragraphs. Okay, I have those highlighted, so throw it out there. Um, have you guys heard of the Love Languages book? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Um, so my love languages are quality time and physical touch. Do you guys know what yours are? <laughs> I think mine's words and then... Although I should probably take the test because I think I'm totally different than the last time I did it, actually. (laughs) Words of affirmation. Yeah, Um, mine used to be words and... um, What was the other one you said? Time. Words and time. Quality time. Yeah. So this second to last uh, paragraph talks about... Man's highest happiness is found in the bestowal of benefits on those he loves. Love finds its most natural and spontaneous expression in giving. I guess when I read that and the question popped up, I was thinking he meant giving of gifts. And my question was going to be, do you think that Wallace Waddle had... um, you know, gifts as one of his love languages, and is that why he sees it that way? But now I realize that the other love languages could fit into this too.
quality time, uh, words of affirmation. Well, no, here he goes on and he says it is in the use of material things. So I, there is that, that flavor of it. I mean, I he's talking about gifts of physical substance, I feel. I, it, I don't know if, I, if I'm really asking a question, but it, 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 I just thought it was kind of interesting because Obviously, it brings up the idea of, you know, other kinds of riches besides just having a lot of money and a lot of stuff. But I think having a lot of money gives you more time. Yeah, sure does. It gives you more, um, I don't know, like... You know, you're, if you're less concerned about that, then you have more energy and attention for all, for all the stuff, right? The words, mm-hmm. the touch, the time. Cheryl, do you know what your love languages are? I don't. I don't know what my love languages are. I mean, I'm familiar with the book and, you know, understand a little bit about the, you know, the concept of it, you know, affirmation, acts of service, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Physical touch. Yeah. Gifts, I guess. So. I don't know what mine are. I probably did at some point, but I don't, I don't remember what the answer was. But And, yeah, I mean, I think if we have the wealth, then I think it gives us the opportunity to express our love language in any way we want. <laughs> you know, money mm-hmm. is just a tool. It's just a tool. Mm-hmm. It's a tool that makes, because we live in a society driven by money. So, I mean, it's driven by spirit, but in the practical world, it takes money to get things done. It takes money and, you know, connections and that kind of stuff. So, but at the end of the day, having wealth creates time, space, Opportunities. I think we've talked about this in the past, but you know, for me, it's it's easier to demonstrate the love, and it's easier to express it. You know, because if I'm just trying to survive, it's, you know, when I when I'm got when I'm really like batting down the hatches, I'm just trying to survive. It's very hard to try and be available to other people. Not that I don't try, but it's just that it doesn't come as easily. You know, like if I think if I've got to work 70 hours a week, you know, if I work at two jobs just to keep a roof over my head, 
I don't have time to do much other than, you know, work, sleep, do laundry. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not having enough money affects every area of life, health, family, friendships, relationships, stability, mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever. It affects all of it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember what my love language is. I'll have to take the test and see. I bet one of yours is acts of service. Probably, probably. That would seem reasonable to me. Or at least likely. We give what we most would like to receive. Yep, I believe that's true. Yeah, probably acts, you know, if I were going to guess, probably acts of service and time. That would be my guess, but who knows? Man, I cut the crap out of myself shaving this morning. (laughs) Poor little leg. Just noticed I've got these quilts on my leg where the blood dried. Nice. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, the only part that I have left highlighted is it is perfectly right that you should desire to be rich if you are a normal man or woman you cannot help doing so it is perfectly right that you should give your best attention to the science of getting rich for it is the noblest and most necessary of all studies if you neglect this study you are derelict in your duty to yourself to God and humanity for you can render to God and humanity no greater service than to make the most of yourself I mean, hey. He does have a way of driving a point home, doesn't he? That's he does. awesome. Yeah, I like that. I feel like he's saying, don't get it twisted. It's your high priority job here. So, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Which, you know, I mean, if I think about the time when this book was written, you know, it was still fairly a puritanical society. And so. Mm-hmm. 
talking about money being a high pursuit was probably. I'm going to only, I can only guess, but maybe less common than now. So maybe not, but. Anybody have any big stuff coming on the pike this week? Big stuff or scary stuff or stuff they want support on? I am going to the doctor today for a super fun afternoon of uh, radiology. <laughs> oh. I'm having a um, a mammogram and a a pelvic ultrasound. Super fun! It is super fun. Well, <sighs> I've had it done before, but I have. Uh, fibroids and they're causing me some trouble. This uncomfortable pain and pressure in my abdomen. So it's like they send me in for an ultrasound and they're like, yep, you've got, I'm sure that this is how it's going to go. Yep, the fibroids are still there. I'm sure that's what's causing your discomfort. And then they don't do anything. <laughs> well, get them out of me. But they don't do that. They let them, they're like, yeah, that's normal. They're very blase about it. So. Getting old is a bitch, ladies. <laughs> Hawks attack you and all sorts of shit happens. Ooh, I can tell by my tone there. I'm a little, I'm in some fear. Yeah, I think doctor's visits are always unnerving. be doing a bunch of a bunch of stuff on board here for my event this week. So making all of the commitments to everything we need to do. I already got the track. I've got to follow up with the insurance company and then, you know, get complete the order for the food and get the t-shirts and get the head socks for under the helmets and that kind of stuff. So it's going to be a logistics week for me, which is okay. I don't mind that. (laughs) And I got to get, get something to tire swapped out on my car too. I have a set of used tires in my garage. So 
I'll get those put on my car and run those for this event. So since it's non-competitive, good time to use them. So they're good, but they're not the best of the best. So. So yeah, and then I'm just I'm going to my meeting today at noon. Should be good because I feel like my brain's a little furled up, so needs to get unfurled a little. So that'll be a good thing. Shall it shall. Well, can I do anything for either of you? Can we back up? And I, I wanted to ask for some support around my doctor's appointment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you guys could just send good thoughts and comforting thoughts. and I really appreciate that. Sure can. Thank you. Absolutely. What was that? I said absolutely. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm I'm going over there by myself, so it's uh it's let's just say I think I already said this, but it's it's not fun. No, it doesn't doesn't seem like it would be. No, not fun. Amanda, what are you up to this week? Um, I think I'm going to work on the plan for... I'm going to roll all of this stuff out, you know, the messenger matrix thing. And then after that, I'm going to do a uh, story-based program for messengers on The Greatest Showman. And I'm going to call it The Greatest Messenger. Mm. Um, And talk about the really important lessons out of that movie, but also give people, you know, kind of dig into that messenger matrix thing at a deeper level with the that conversation and um, talk about where we accidentally go wrong, where the landmines. Um, and then once I get people kind of into that, conversation about story um then i think i'm going to work on this 50 shades of gray program really hilarious that like everyone i talk to about it is like please do that (laughs) but it's like a whole thing you know it's like i'm gonna have to do i can't just start it online i'd have to start it with a retreat because of the level of uh, work that we would be doing together so much you know, having to create high levels of safety and community and all that stuff. So it's like a whole whole thing. 
and I'm not quite sure, you know, i got to reach out to the people that I want to be part of it in the sense of, like, have them be not exactly, um, I mean, I guess this is something that you guys could help me think about and flesh out. So I have, um, I have these people in my space who would be amazing supports to this work. Like, um, I'm looking at them like staff members, kind of, like my team. But they're um, energy therapists. So we'd be, it would be called Healing Fifty Shades of You. And because it's so erotic, you know, the conversation, it's like the one of the deepest opportunities for healing, but also kind of out of my wheelhouse therapeutically right like I'm not I'm not going to pretend like I can handle everything that's coming up with these people so um, I have this amazing team around me that I could pull together you know James the energy guy does um, he does the shadow work conversation right so he could be talking about that Um, Nikki loves to talk about not just energy balancing, but she loves talking about Tantra and sacred sexuality and the opportunity for enlightenment that comes when we um, embrace that part of ourselves really intentionally. Um, And then I have Maggie. You remember Maggie, Cheryl. (laughs) She's a relationship and intimacy specialist, also licensed sex therapist. So I have all these people that I feel like, you know, I would want to be around me. I also have a group of people who I've been testing the waters with because they are, um, they've been victims. And, you know, like everything is so trigger happy right now, right? (laughs) Anything Me Too is... I mean, hey, let's watch what happened to Tony Robbins. And then, hey, how about I launch this program? Like, am I fucking crazy? Um, like that. <laughs> I've been talking to some of my friends, and they're all like, yeah, however we can help. Like, first of all, we want to participate. But second of all, you know, we're happy to share our own personal stories and stuff. So I'm thinking... I need to rally those people and see if and how they're willing to play. Um, I go from there, I guess. It feels kind of crazy. Even my, I was telling my mom, I felt like I needed to warn my mom. <laughs> I start posting on Facebook. And so I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing this crazy thing and she was like, Fifty Shades, isn't that that erotic novel? I was like, yep. She's like, huh. I'm like, yeah, Mom, it's actually like a redemption story. Like, if you look at even the meanings of all of the names, like, this is a very intentional redemption story. And um, she was like, oh, I'm going to watch, I'm going to read it. <laughs> I was like, oh, sweet Lord, what did I just do? 
I'm not taking responsibility for any of this. <laughs> Very funny. So, anyway. It's weird. People's responses are surprising me. I'm expecting, you know, triggers and a lot of resistance, and I'm just getting a lot of, yeah, please do this. I may have to. It sounds sounds pretty clever to me. Yeah. But I do think that, like, to, I I understand, like, preparing to hear people's comments. Is that that what Mm -hmm. I'm hearing you say? Yeah. Yeah, just kind of like, you know, expecting the kickback. And I think, you know, I mean, there's so many reasons for me not to do this. It's not my wheelhouse in the sense of the um, the subtopic or the what people would perceive as the main topic, right, the sex stuff. Um, the healing stuff, I feel like I've done enough work and research and have enough experience working people through a process that, you know, and still I would want people around me who had more um, capacity in certain areas. So, yeah, I'm just like, I just don't know how to structure it, you know. I know how I would do it if it were just me, but the idea of bringing other people in, making it worth it for them to give up their time, you know, all that conversation. Like, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I can't really pay people, (laughs) you know. So it's that whole thing of like, you know, asking what people are willing to do. And again, I'd love so to do a retreat. What exactly yeah. are you are are you doing? Are you putting a an online program together or an in a face to face program or? Because of the subject matter, I think the first time I do it, I'm going to limit it to like ten people, and it's going to be application based because. Um, I don't want to blow shit up when it's not all set up. You know, like, I need to know that the people that I'm working with are ready, coachable, have the support systems around them that they need beyond me and my team, you know, like. um, So, and then I would invite them to a kickoff weekend, probably like a three-day retreat where I would be sharing and and hopefully having team with me talking about what was ahead and kind of the, the purpose and the way that we're going to approach the reading, you know, just to like really set it up to create that level of safety and honesty and community where everyone feels like they can actually drop into the experience and get what they need to out of it. Mm. And then it'll be kind of like, that was the other crazy wink this week is, um, you know, there's a movie called Book Club, and it's about a group of older women who read Fifty Shades of Grey together. Oh, my and God. Like it, and, like, it so changes good. their life. Have you, Have you seen, seen it? it? Yeah, I saw it Friday. Sure. Was it good? Oh, my God. Probably the best movie I've seen, and it may probably be 
than my age, but it's probably the best movie I've seen in, let me say, 10 years. Whoa. Really? I laughed so hard. Oh, my God. I have to go see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw it. I saw you it totally at the Yeah, I don't even want to tell you anything about it. Like, I want to go see it again. I laughed so hard. I mean, talk about taking it on an emotional roller coaster, up, down, up, down, up, down. And I thought with all those actresses, it has the potential to be really good, really funny, like really touching. And, you know, but I was trying to keep my expectations low because every Mm -hmm. time I've been in a situation like that and then I go to the movie and I'm like, uh, and I went with with my, my dad and my stepmom. So, um, yeah, it was brilliant. The writing was like off the charts. So the combination of the writing and then the people that were starring in it was so good. Like the cast was great, but the writing was spectacular. Uh, yeah. So they had the right people to deliver the lines of the writing. And Candace Bergen was one of my all-time favorite. After you guys see it, I'll tell you my very favorite line from the movie. But I think you can pick it out when you hear it. But it was just brilliant. I was like, oh my God, I'm totally using that line. Um, See, and these are the moments I'm really sad that you don't live down the street. Like, I'd be like, let's go watch it today. Primary research. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, it's like it's it's in the air right now. And so I feel like maybe I'm being inspired because it's in the air. You know? Yeah with the Me Too movement and people like Tony Robbins trying to do some good stuff and also um, just not being the right sex to have that conversation, I don't think, and get, like, get anywhere with it. Um, You know, like, he's just, it's, we just need the women to stand up and say, okay, ladies, like, this is our job to heal ourselves, you know, and to do it so that we can raise sons that this shit doesn't even occur to and change the world, you know, one moment at a time here instead of, you know, becoming part of the activist insanity, you know, where it turns into this blaming and shaming and, you know, it doesn't really help to add your voice to the noise. Um, the long-term work is to become people who are no longer victims and who can raise children who won't become victims because they, they're they aware, you know, they've had these hard conversations with their parents and, you know, like a, more of a long-term. And also, like, come on, let's make it fun and sexy with you know, some erotic reading because, hey, what else is going to trigger us like that? Not much. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So it'll be like, you know, like us coming together like a book club um, after a retreat where we'll probably meet on a weekly basis with 
certain amount of reading per week that needs to take place in order to have the conversation. You know, it's hilarious as I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> it's like taking me back into my honors program that I was in because that's what we would do. Except, you know, we were reading like War and Punishment and <laughs> or Crime and Punishment, like all these different, you know, classic Western civilization books. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm going to do it Fifty Shades. Oh my God! I'm gonna make some of my old professors just keel over and die. We trained her to do what? <laughs> oh God, it's too funny. But yeah, and then we'll and then we'll close the program with a another get together in person because I really think you know that intimate setting is necessary. You know, like a girl's slumber party, you know, like you do, like we did when we were younger, you know, we get together and talk about the boys. Oh, he's so cute. And you know what I mean? Like it's healing, but it's also like most of the healing is taking place because we're together and we're seeing each other and we're hearing each other. And, you know, like Tammy was like, oh, yeah, we have all of these tools, you know, that we can give them. And I'm like, no tools, you know, like we we have so many tools. People will come with tools. What they what people really need is presence, you know. They really need to look at their stories and share them and have someone not get up and run out of the room or tell them that they're stupid or crazy or, you know, I want it to be like that. So, yeah, I think I'm going to be trying to flesh that out this week, trying to collect payments for these retreats, get people into the July retreats. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I I applied for a job yesterday, too. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know what all this redirection is about, but I'm just going to put all my, all my, I'm just going to put it all out there and see what sticks, you know? What kind of job? A content writer for a company that um, wants to do storytelling to inspire teachers. Cool. And to sell um, educational products. So it's pretty, like, right in my wheelhouse. But, um, yeah, we'll see. It's one of those things that just popped in over LinkedIn. I was like, okay, I'm just going to upload my resume and see what happens. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nikki, I had a dream that I was working at the University of Laverne with Nikki. And I texted her the next morning. I'm like, isn't that funny? And she's like, actually, after the mayor's breakfast that she did, her the powers that be at the university gave her carte blanche. They were like, whatever you need. Stop asking permission. Just do what you need to do. Hire the people you need to hire. Get this shit out there. So she's like, at some point, I might be able to say, yeah, I need this person on my team. And, oh, by the way, she's working from Oregon. <laughs> it's like, you know, whatever. 
wherever I'm needed, you know. I don't need to have it be, I mean, it sure would be nice if I could, you know, step into this thing that I've built. But if that's not where I'm needed right now, I don't know. Just praying for direction. And also for a fucking gardener. You guys, I hate my garden. (laughs) I've been out here the whole time we've been talking, pulling weeds. I'm so over this. Our landlord is, like, coming over on the 1st, and he's already mad about how his yard works and looks and I despise it. Yeah, it grows like crazy up there this time of year. It's crazy. We were out here two weeks ago and had everything pulled. And like I literally am here thinking, this is dumb. I should be doing this over next weekend because it's probably going to grow again. But the backyard is just as bad. And my back and neck have been pissed at me, so... I don't know. Let's see. But yeah, um, I need to make money so that I can pay for Gardner. <laughs> so that I can okay, have. I got to I got to go. I gotta run. Sorry. Okay. I didn't, mean to cut you I didn't mean to cut you off. I got I got somebody out front. No problem. Talk to you later. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Sorry to be abrupt. Yes, okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, a gardener. You need a gardener. I need a gardener. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I'm like, I'm really tempted to just call someone up and be like, can you come fix this? But, you know, I need money in my account to do that, so... <laughs> Understand. Well, I like that idea of the fifty shades. What did you call it? Fifty shades something? Healing fifty shades of you. Mm. Yeah. It's like the shadows. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I think it could be something. I was laughing pretty hard when I went to the movie theater and saw that book club thing. <laughs> okay. I get it. I need to pursue this. It's just so scary, you know? It's like, it's not even like I'm in a position with my business where, you know, when you call about, when you talk about like a lost leader, <laughs> you know? It's like, there's a part of me that's like, you could like super duper fuck up your entire brand this way. Um, and then there's another part of me that's like, you'll probably make more money doing this fucking program than anything else you've done before. Because it's so, you know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. And it's, it's already brand recognized. You know what I mean? Like, it's already in the air. So, 
capitalizing on what's already happening. And, you know, like I said, that's not why, that's not how I got to it. You know, it was like this simple conversation with Tammy that blew her mind. And she was like, you need to turn this into a program. And the more we talked about it, the more we researched it. And I could have levels of it, too, because I'm learning all this other stuff, watching Jordan Peterson and even what he's talking about, about evolutionary biology and psychology. And, like, it all connects to this. It's everything in my life is pointing to it, you know? Yeah. Even my relationship with Ryan is taking the twist in that direction. So he was so cute. He was like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to call it Healing Fifty Shades of Us. And you're going to, we're going to like keep track of what's happening because you know you'll be writing a book about this someday. Like, really, you want me to write a book about this? That's fascinating. I think that's a, like a cute idea for you right now. But if I were actually to write this stuff, down, I think you might think twice about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's things in concept and things in practice. Yeah. So. Kind of like, uh, you know, it's jazz, you know, being open to being polyamorous. I think she likes Mm -hmm. to be able to say that she is, but the practice of it is just a huge struggle for her. So I think she likes it in concept more than she does in having to live it. Mm -hmm. Because I couldn't do it. There's no way. Me neither. I'm not, I don't have that, whatever that is, I don't have it. I'm not judging that other people do it. I just, I don't have it. I'm way too territorial and possessive and fuck that shit. No way. Yeah. I know. I'm having that conversation with my youngest sister right now and her relationship too because I'm just like, you know, she's got all of this like ideal, you know, like that she's striving for in her relationship and I'm like, well, yeah, sure, you know, ideals are awesome and stuff, but there's also this thing called, like, reality right now. You yeah. know? There are all these other questions to ask yourself about, like, your capacity to handle that ideal at this time. If this is the right person to be trying this out with like you know there's all these other questions but you know it's like no I'm going to try to be a more evolved human being okay I love you for that and I need you to think (laughs) a little differently just for a second (laughs) like as a human (laughs) with the potential to make this very messy in your attempt to be ideal (sighs) Yeah, I, I I appreciate what folks are doing, but I, I can't say that I understand it. And, you know, but I guess clinging was around when I was a kid and people were doing that. So, I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's different and that it's supposed to be about more than just sexual relationships. Yeah. It's clinging to work too because there are rules around it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 
like the amount of work that you'd have to do ahead of time to like know yeah. the people, to make it safe, to have agreements about, you know, what happens when and if. I mean, you just jump into it. Holy cow. It's like, it's hard enough to be in a relationship with one person. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that is and that is totally what they do. They have agreements and all that around all of it. And you know what? I can have an agreement with somebody and tell them get blue in the face. Don't do it in my house. Don't do it with anybody I know. Don't. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to cut a bitch. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I love it. I know it's myself. So I have met myself. And no way. No. I will never be that evolved. Not, not fucking happening. Nope. And, Maybe the next time, know. next next lifetime. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't it, know. If, might, that's the other thing is I don't know if it's evolved. You know, I don't know if that's evolved or if that's a trick. I don't, you know what I mean? Not, like I haven't. I do. I, right. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, because it's the same. Because you know, I mean, I've. I've had conversations with people about this and what they tell me is they like the freedom of it. And, you know, and I've said, you know what, I totally respect that. And for me, the place that I feel the most free is in a one sexually is when I'm in a one-on-one committed relationship with somebody with one other person that I trust. Because then it's only, we're only doing what we're doing with each other, and then there's all kinds of stuff I'll play and explore and do when I know it's me and that other person. But, you know, if I think that I'm letting down my guard and letting someone in in that kind of way and that they could be sharing that same experience with other people, no. That isn't freeing to me. So, you know, it's different for everyone because that's what, that's what it has been explained to me is it's it's about not having possession and ownership and it's about freedom and yeah and so it's funny because um, there's this one we've been watching Jordan Peterson's um, Bible series and there's this one part where he's talking about Adam and Eve and he's like talking about marriage and how essentially it's like. I mean, he was really promoting marriage and monogamy because he he was like, you know, you need one person that you can shackle yourself to (laughs) and and who you can shackle yourself to and tell the truth because that's that's how you actually evolve. That's how we actually become more conscious is telling the truth and having people reflect truth back to us. And, you know, when you're that intimate with someone and you invite them to be part of that process, like you actually, you know, in marriage is like an agreement to stay no matter what, you know, the truth. Like <laughs> it's really funny the way he put it. It's like, yeah. It's the smartest thing you could ever do. Shackle yourself to one person. Tell them the truth. Like, you know, shackle them so they don't run. And then get to work. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. (laughs) 
Ryan and I yep. were doubled over in laughter. We're like, yep, that's essentially what we did. <laughs> yep. And you know what? It's, for me, is if it's the right person, I mean, some of the most profound, intimate experiences I had, I had with a girl's dad when he was sober. And so I think there's a lot of validity to that. Because there's things yeah. that I, you know, that work that he and I did, I mean, and we did it with a couple's counselor, so it's not like they don't know some of that stuff, too. Let me talk about shame attack. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I I still was willing to go there in front of them because of what I was wanted to create with him. And mm-hmm. he was equal to the task. I mean, he went there with me, too. So, you know, it was, at that time, it was, you know, it was two-sided. But, you know, also, I think we were still just really young and I don't know that we have the capability of sticking it out at that point. And, you know, it's okay. It all turned out the way it's supposed to. But, yeah, I, I think there is a lot of validity to getting shackled <laughs> to somebody. And, you know, and that's, you know, that, that's ultimately going to be the. Oh, God, I have my rain jacket. It just started raining. Um, that's that's the frontier that I have out in front of me now is, you know, getting stability in my professional life and then, you know, having stability with a romantic partner. Yeah. And you know, I'm not going out and chasing it down, but I'm I'm working through the things in me to prepare me for that mm-hmm. and, you know, and to be able to see the things that I contributed to my situations and, you know, some of the like main obstacles that have been in my way, you know, and part of it is, you know, always hoping that what's his name was going to come back around, you know, over the years. And, you know, I've been disabused of that notion now. So I don't, I don't, it's not something I have to wait for anymore. It's not something I have to hope for. And, you know, so the thing that I've just been sitting with myself with now is, and it's, you know, something I'll talk to my sponsor about, but what do I need to do in there in order to have closure? Like, it's not like, I haven't talked to him in a year, so it's not like there's, like, open dialogue. I mean, I don't think he'd, like, me to take a piss if I contacted him, but at this point, I don't really know what I need for closure, and so there's no point in contacting him if I, you know, because I don't know if contacting him is the thing that I need for closure or not. I don't know if it's just, you know, and I actually had a just a brief, like, one question uh, a reader do like a brief one question thing on it. It's not a reader that I know or anything. And, um, but there's, she does a thing where you can just ask, it's like one question and it's $10 for one question. And so I did because I thought, I, I just want to put this out there and just see somebody that doesn't really have hardly any details, that doesn't know me, doesn't know him. There's no backstory there really. You know, and she just wants to know what's the basic question and what's the astrological sign of you and the other person. And so, you know, I just said, you know, what is the deal with this person? You know, 
cycling around all the time because I, I, I'm just trying to get clarity on the intention with them showing up in my life. And my side of the coin is that I let him stroll back in. So that's my work is because it doesn't matter if he keeps strolling in, it's that I keep opening the door. And, you know, so we can put that one to rest and, you know, because that door isn't open to him any longer. But I just was trying to get some clarity on it. And part of what she said, which is the same intuitive hit that I have had, is that usually when he strolls back in is when he's in a downturn. And it's almost like he gets his ego stroked back up and starts feeling better about himself. And then, you know, there's a movie called Boomerang. It was an older movie with... um, Eddie Murphy and Robin Gibbons and the other gal's name, African-American gal, Adi McTotty. Um, she won an Oscar. cannot think of her name right now. Yep, nope, don't have it. But anyways, the, the Eddie Murphy is this, like, you know, guy with a bunch of swagger, and then he falls for Robin Gibbons, and then he turns into the one that's like, you know, loses his jam. He loses his swagger. And then the other character, whose name I can't think of right now, um, she comes in and builds him back up. And then uh, and then he dumps her and goes after Robin Gibbons again because she comes back around when he gets his swagger back. And so it's this whole thing about boomeranging back and forth between these two women. And so it's like, uh, yeah for me to be able to look at for myself but I always think about that so that's what she said that he's just coming back to get his ego fed and you know that he can be insensitive to the effects of what he does on you and that he emotionally he's not too stable currently or he has some emotional instability issues which I actually think is true I know my BFF like she thinks that he might struggle with depression and you know, and she said there's nothing wrong with that, but you just have to ask yourself, is that the life you want to sign up for? And you know, she said just go into it with your eyes open what it all means. So anyway, so it was interesting the things that she said. There were other things, but it was like all bang, 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 bang. And so I was telling Allie that I'd, you know, sent the question off and she's like, Well, uh, you know, and I just said about a person. I didn't. I didn't really give too much detail. And she goes, she goes, well, how do you know it's related to him? And so I said, well, this is what the reader said. And she just started laughing. She goes, okay, that's who it is. That's the ex. It is. Because it could have been a number of exes. She goes, nope, that's him. I was like, yeah, exactly. So she was like, I recognize those characteristics. So I thought that was actually pretty validating. So, anyways, so just you know, getting myself prepared for you know, being able to be the person who can show up so that I can magnetize a person who can show up. Because that's, you know, that's the magnetic, like, attracts like. And so if I'm somebody who has a hard time showing up and staying put and, you know, for being courageous enough to show up and stay put because I've gotten, you know, my heart broken in the past, then there comes a point where I've 
you know, I got to be able to release that and let it go. So, you know, the stuff that you guys are talking about doing with the, the 50, you know, 50 shades mm-hmm. of healing stuff is, you know, I think it's relevant for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people, you know, and for me, getting hung up on an X is really just about having that, you know, that feeling of longing that I had as a kid in my family. That's what gets triggered when he contacts me. And so understanding mm-hmm. what the mechanism is that happens, but it's the longing mechanism, not the love mechanism. And it doesn't mean that I don't have love for him, but it's just the, I think the stronger emotion and dynamic that's getting dealt with there is really longing. And so I put a bunch of other stuff on it that wasn't actually very real um, because of the strength of the emotion. I called it love and, you know, and there is love there, but the stronger emotion is the longing thing, the unmet longing, which, you know, is the fam- is the dynamic of my family. So, yeah. Well, I think you guys, I think you're right on time with the thing you're looking at doing. It's in the ethers right now. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's pretty cool that that book series came out because I think it it brought another level of conversation into the collective, particularly because of the kind of sex life they had, you know, that BDSM sex life that they had. It it created a different kind of conversation about it than if it was like a Harlequin romance kind of a thing. So it was a different, had a different spin on it, and so it hit the collective differently. So, in a really profound way, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think it even took some of the stigma of that kind of, you know, power dynamic stuff um, away. Yeah, for the people who actually read it and interacted with it. And if other people, uh-huh. they're using it as, you know, look, we celebrate. Like, oh, oh, clearly didn't read the book. And the movies, the movies make him not good in a lot of ways. You know, there are all these things that he does in the movies that were not things that he did. They may have been things that he thought about doing, you know, but they were not things that he did. Um, so, in, anyway, yeah, it's interesting, <sighs> but yeah, I'll probably, um, end up setting up like a, a signal, Cheryl, can you help figure it out? <laughs> <laughs> this whole, yeah, I'm probably going to have to, cause it's, I, I have a lot of juice around it creatively and, um, and I have ideas about it business-wise, but um, they're not gelling together in a way. Like, I, I know yeah. I need help from someone outside of me to help me. I see what I want to accomplish therapeutically, and then I need someone to be like, yeah, and how are you going to pay yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and you're really good at that, so I like calling you and say, hey, you know how you're always mad at me when I don't charge enough? Help me do that first. 
Yeah, well, I hear you because I'm working on that right now with this thing that I'm doing, you know. How am I going to, you know, get paid and trying to work out that financial piece with the foundation? And, you know, that's a big part of me not getting into low self-worth because if I don't have enough money to actually kind of survive and thrive, then I, I, I can't keep doing these programs because I won't have the time and resource to do it. So I hear that. Yeah, I do. I do. And, you know, I think I feel like if I price it, if I price this thing low, it's not, people won't understand. I think it's just book club. Like, I, it actually needs to be, like, a really good, well-priced thing that exclaims, we're doing real work here. You know, it's fun. You will build community and, and have girlfriends and, you know, enjoy super sexy literature. And also, like, we're doing real work here. So, yeah. I need, you know, I feel like the price needs to reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just realized my phone is beeping at me because I have someone popping on the Zoom in three minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What day am I on? What's my name? It's like that already today. It's not good. I know. Fucking garden. All right. Good luck on your garden. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, honey. Bye. Bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.